Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to be here again tonight. There's no place I'd sooner be than in the house of the Lord. I, I think I've got a little bit of voice. But, uh, we'll see if we get right through. But uh, I do want to say again how grateful we are that we can be with the butchers and uh, they really take care of us. And we do appreciate that. And uh, we love this family. And we do love the church here in Northside. You are, you are special people to us. And we've got a lot of friends here, and uh, we're, really, we're really glad to be here. Uh, tonight, I want to talk to you about the freedom of choice. And uh, um, God has given us the privilege of choice. And uh, in actual fact, some of those songs we sang were about choice. You know, even when things are going wrong, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to put my trust in you, whether it's a good road that I'm on or a poor road. Uh, he wants us continually to make choices. And I think us as individuals, we don't understand how important choices are. Sometimes we may think it's not of any consequence, but even little choices have a great effect on eternity. God's interested in the little things. Some things don't matter, but some things do matter. And we need to understand, you know, whatever we do, when you go to work tomorrow, uh, some of the choices you make, God is there with you. And you may be in a workplace that you, you struggle with, but uh, you are doing the things you're doing unto God, not unto people. And therefore, you've got to make choices that the, they're the choices that Jesus would make. They're the choices that he wants you to make, not for the benefit of those people, but for the benefit of your eternity. So I just want to talk to you for a little while about choices, and if, if my voice packs up, it'll be pretty short, but we'll, we'll see how we go. I want to go to Genesis chapter 2 to begin with, Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, uh, verses um, 8 and 9 to begin with. Father, we do thank you that we can come again tonight. And Lord, your presence is here in such a beautiful way. Lord, who are we that we actually can come into the presence of the King of kings and Lord of lords? But Lord, you see fit to meet with us. And Lord, you want to touch each one in this place tonight. Lord, you want us to be better people because we've been in your house and Lord, the desires of our hearts, you want to minister to us. You want to direct us. You want to guide us. Lord, we just pray that we'd be sensitive to the moving of the Holy Ghost. Lord, anoint my lips. Lord, uh, give us listening ears, a heart that is open to the truths of your word, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So Genesis chapter 2, um, verses 8 and 9. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if we go down to verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, mayest freely eat. 
but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for the, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And uh, if we can go over to Ezekiel chapter 44, uh, you don't have to go over if you don't want to, I'll just read it to you, but Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23. And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane, and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. Now, I think that, that you're, that's what your pastor is trying to do. He's trying to teach you to discern uh, between the holy and the profane. He's trying to teach you the difference between the unclean and the clean. Uh, we have a responsibility to declare the ways of God. And there are choices. You need to understand what is pleasing to God and what is not pleasing to God. Uh, he wants you to understand these things. And you may think uh, something is of no consequence, but it's important to God. Therefore, we need to make good choices, godly choices. So uh, we can't make them for you. I actually, I, I actually was um, in a church uh, um, for a short period of time where the previous pastor... Uh, any, if anyone wanted to do something, they'd go to the pastor and they'd ask the pastor, should I do this? And the pastor would say yes or no. And when I got there, I wasn't like that. I just thought, you, you, it's up to you to make choices. All I can tell you is what, what the Bible tells you about things. But the choices you make, they're not my responsibility. They're your responsibility. All we're trying to do is teach you what godly principles there are so that you make the right choices, but we're not here to say uh, you do this or don't do that. In fact, in fact, people oftentimes, if the pastor's going to tell them, they'll do the direct opposite because who does he think he is? But, but we all we're trying to do is impart a, an ability into you to make good choices, godly choices. Choices are important. The world may not think so, but to the church, choices are very important. And if you're a sinner that needs salvation, Choice is imperative. And the choices you make today have an effect on eternity. Unfortunately, we, uh, we, we belong to a king who when we make bad choices, we are able to actually say to him, God, I'm sorry. And I can, ch I can change my ways. It may have uh, effect on me. There's some things we do. We, we, it affects us for life. But we, he can, we can get out of the mess if we'll, if we'll have make another choice so choices are important and and god made us uh he gave us the freedom of choice and freedom of choice is a privilege you may not realize it but it's a blessing from god and uh, without choice we are simply robots we are not going to love him we, we're going to just do what he tells us to do but because we have choice we can choose to love him or we can choose to reject him. And uh, that's an important, it makes us different to everything else that he created. Because he's put in us something that gives us an ability to choose to worship him, choose to love him. And that's what he's wanting of us. He, that's what he wanted of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve made some bad choices. And their choices affect us. The choices they, they made 6,000 years ago have an effect on us today. In fact, because they made bad choices, it's, I think it's in our DNA, to be honest, to, to make bad choices. 
We go after the wrong choices easier than the right choices because there's a DNA that's come from Adam that causes us to make bad choices. We, it's easy. You know, how, how, old, how old does a child have to be to, to tell a lie? It's, it's in them. And they've inherited... I, I blame Ellen for everything, but I, honestly, I know I can't blame her for my kids' naughtiness. He, they inherited it from me. Because they get, we get it from our dads. We got it from Adam. Adam's the problem. He's not the problem. Adam's the problem. Sorry, guys. Adam's the problem. He made a bad choice and we're still affected today. But what he's wanting is that we choose him with all our heart. That's why he's given us choice. And he actually, especially of the saint of God, he has high expectations of us to make good choices. He, he's, not, he's not thinking, oh, well, what's the next bad choice Philip's going to make? He's thinking, I might make some good choices in my life. He's, he's expecting those things of me. And I, I let him down at times. But sometimes I make good choices. And it feels really good. And when we make good choices, we get closer to God. So it is a beautiful gift, the gift of choice. So if we have that gift, we ought to utilize it wisely. Every choice, understand, that's a gift from God. Actually, can choose today, and it's a gift from God. Now, in the garden, there was one tree. It was a forbidden tree. And without that tree, there was no choice. Take that tree out of the picture, and it was the perfect place. But in the garden, there's one tree. And what they do with that tree is, uh, is, affects their eternity and affected our eternity at the same time. Just one tree. And so you can say, why the tree? The tree is there for choice. The tree is there because God wants us to make good choices. He did not. He didn't put it there for man to fall. He put it there so that man had a choice. And choices, all choices have consequences. I'll give you an example. It's probably never happened to you, but it happened to me. I can give you two examples. Um, about 45, it seems longer, but I think about 45 years ago, I actually dressed myself. I, I used to dress myself a lot. Uh, but now I was married. And so I dressed myself uh, after I was married, and I think I only did it about once. And I was no longer allowed to choose. So if this looks wrong, it's Ellen's fault. <laughs> if, if it looks good, it's because of you know, it, me in it, you know. But, but I, I think I put on the wrong pair of socks. And so after that, Ellen said, you shouldn't put those socks on. They don't go with those shoes or whatever, I don't know. And so after that, she's always put my clothes out. I'm never allowed to choose. An interesting thing is I've only got one colour socks now. <laughs> and, and also, another thing, uh, one day I decided, this may help some of you actually, I'm thinking about, I decided, Ellen went to a ladies' meeting, which was very rare for her to go off on her own, but she went off to, on her own to a ladies' meeting and she left uh, the dishes. So I thought I'd do a good job and I'd wash the dishes. So I washed the dishes and I, I felt I'd done a good job. And when she came home, she said, what have you done? Look at the mess you've made of the floor. Apparently, I'd put a few drips on the floor. So, so she made another choice that I was never allowed to wash the dishes again. So it was a good call. 
the same choices, you know, they affect our lives. They are important. And, uh, and we need to make good choices. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Make good choices. Now, many of the choices we make uh, don't matter that much. You know, um, uh, what will I have for breakfast really is not a big issue. And I don't know that God's particularly concerned about what we have for breakfast. But breakfast is a choice. We make those choices. Uh, but God is interested in what we eat at the same time. But he, he, he's, not, he's not weighing up every choice. But we make many choices that are of little consequence. Uh, but there are other choices that our destiny is held in the hands of those choices. Uh, a choice just offhand is uh, the choice to get married, your partner. It's a very important choice. Uh, when we got married, I met... Uh, I'm telling you a lot of private things here. Uh, when, when, we, when we met, we met in March, and she told me she was rich. And so by June, by June we were married. March, April, May, June. We were married in June. And um, by June I found out she wasn't rich. Uh, but... but uh, that, cho- that choice we made was not, we, we weren't considering the Lord, we just made a choice. And that was a very dangerous choice. But God blessed it. And I think actually God was in it, to be honest. But, you know, we weren't, we weren't Christians, we were, just, uh, we, we were just worldly people. But I really think God protected us, and, and, and I got a very good mate, and she, she could have done a lot better, but, you know. But, but God's blessed us. But a choice, especially in the church, your partner is very, very important. And we, we in the church believe that marriage is for ever, until we die. Marriage is important. We do not believe that it's a choice that we can make and we say a few things and don't care whether that really happens. We marry for life. So for Christians, all these kinds of things are very, very important. And uh, we, we, we un- need to understand those things are important to us. And uh, the liberty to choose brings uh, the gifts of salvation, but it also brings responsibility. So when you make choices, it's a gift, and we can get even salvation through the choices we make. But with the choices we make, there's big responsibility. So in the garden, there's two trees. And one of them is the uh, tree of life. And uh, I think, I wonder why Adam and Eve didn't take of the tree of life. Why didn't they go and take of the fruit of the tree of life? And I just wonder, I wasn't there and you can't correct me, but I just wonder whether it wasn't a particularly significant tree. Of all the trees in the garden, it's not one that caught their eye and thought, they thought to themselves, you know, this is a tree that we need to get, find out more about. We need to get the fruit of that and taste it. It was a tr- I wonder whether it wasn't a pretty tree. There was just something about it that didn't attract them. And so they didn't go over to that tree. But there was another tree, which was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they couldn't get their eyes off of that tree. And so with all the things they had, with all the things they had, they had to look at that tree. And uh, with all the beautiful things, I don't know, we're in Perth this time of year, 
And we, we were driving along the road the other day and Ellen said, we should stop, we should stop. And I said, why should we stop? She said, those, those flowers are beautiful, wildflowers in, in, in Perth, in West Australia. You know, they're beautiful. So she's saying, we should stop, we should stop. They're just orange or blue or whatever they were. But she's desperate. Fortunately, I couldn't find the brake pedal. But, but, but in the Garden of Eden, there was a lot of beautiful things. There was a lot of things to see. There was things to catch the eye. There were things that were tasty. There were things that would draw you and, and you would like those. But with all the things that they could touch and eat and admire, they kept on looking at that one tree, which was the only tree they could, couldn't have. And that's the problem with us, even as Christians. We desire the things we can't have. And we, we, we let the flesh get into us that we, we want that thing. And it doesn't matter what else is going on. I just want that. And if I get hold of that. And it may even be that the Lord is saying to you, leave it alone. But we, we don't listen to him because oh, there's just something about it. This is the best I've ever seen. This is the thing I've always dreamt of. And eventually they go for that tree and that tree is the wrong choice and God warned them not to eat of the tree. But they still eat of the tree and the interesting thing is the tree of life is in the book of Revelation. It's an important tree. It's the first tree they should ever have eaten of. And it's the tree that we actually want to, I don't think we actually need it when we get to heaven, but I'll want to taste it. And it, it was the most precious tree in the garden and they couldn't care less. But the thing they couldn't have, they had to grab hold of it and partake of it. And, and, and I can blame Adam for my sin. But in actual fact, I've made bad choices in my life that made me accountable without saying it's Adam's fault. And even when I blame Ellen, it's not Ellen's fault. The decisions I make are my fault. I've made some good decisions, but I've made some bad decisions. You've made some good decisions, but you've made some bad decisions. And if you haven't decided to live for Jesus Christ, you've made an awful decision. It can be repaired. It can even be repaired tonight. But we need to be people, especially the people of God. We should be out to make the godly decisions. And we ought to know the voice of God. So when the God says, don't touch it, we ought, we ought to hear the voice of God and don't touch it. I don't understand why we're so driven. I do. It's our flesh. And what we're supposed to be doing is crucifying the flesh and living after the Spirit. That's what God's looking for. So, all the beautiful trees. And I think there was one that was not so impressive. And that was the most important tree. The things of God are very important. You know, just a simple thing like worship. God inhabits the praises of his people. And we sometimes as Christians, you know, I was singing. I'm not very good singing tonight especially. But I'm singing on thinking I should probably save my voice. But I do want to worship. Because God inhabits the praises of his people. In fact, if you need the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost comes in worship. Just worship God. The presence of God comes and you can be filled with the Holy Ghost because he inhabits worship and praise. And so these are choices we ought to make. And sometimes, you know, the, the Lord's moving and here we are. We're just sitting there. Why, why do we do that? Why, 
Why don't we entertain his presence? We know what the right thing is to do and our flesh says don't bother and so we just sit and we ignore the wooing of the Holy Ghost when we need to allow him to touch us afresh and we need, his, we need a fresh touch all the time. You know, we get touched tonight when we walk out these doors. We, we, we know he goes with us but we want his touch again. And it's not, we, don't, we can get his touch at home. We can get his touch at work, you know. You can be working and know the presence. But we need, we need to be people that will do the things that bring the blessings of God and stay away from the things that bring destruction. So I'm supposed to tell you about the two trees and I've, lost my, I've, I've done that sort of, but I've got off my notes. So we're in big trouble now. So, sadly, Adam chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in preference to the tree of life. And Genesis 3.24 says, so he, drove him out of the, uh, so he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned each way to keep the way of the tree of life. So they made a, made a bad choice. They're out of the Garden of Eden and they're prevented from ever getting back into that place. And the Bible tells us that because of their poor decision, uh, uh, death passed on all men. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore also by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And this spiritual condition was never the plan of God. God never, never. God was not looking forward to the day that Adam fell into sin. He, it was not God's will. It wasn't God's desire. God had a plan of redemption for mankind before, before the Garden of Eden was ever formed. He knew that man would fall, but he did not want man to fall. He wanted man to make godly decisions. And even today, there's a, we've got a world that's a total mess because of the decisions of men. And God is not rejoicing. He's not willing that any should perish but that all would come to repentance. And so we're in a world that makes bad choice after bad choice after bad choice, but he still got the door open for somebody, anybody. If you'll just make a choice to accept God and start a walk with God, you come to repentance, God is going to do work in your life because that's what it's all about. He, 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 he hurts, sin hurts him more than it hurts anybody. That's why he went to Calvary, because, because sin is so destructive. He's, he doesn't want anybody to suffer eternal separation from him. So he was willing to robe himself in flesh and die on Calvary, that we could be set free. And he made a good choice on Calvary for us. And what he's waiting for is for us to make good choices on his behalf. And they're not, the things of God are not dangerous they're not harmful to me. They, they are just, they're going to bring blessing into my life. John 10 and 10 tells us, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. With, resident within every one of us is a God consciousness. Uh, and God he can, he can touch anybody and try to woo them unto himself. What we do is 
we sever our conscience, we de deaden it, and so it's harder for God to touch, but He put a conscience in us that would draw us to Him. He put something in us that would cause us to come to Him uh, by the wooing of His Spirit, but we've hardened our hearts to the extent that we, we ignore that wooing of the Holy Ghost. And uh, uh, when, when, we, when we are in balance, when we're in balance, we have a, a soul that is God-conscious, and we have the Holy Ghost in us, and we are, we let the, we're sensitive to the moving of the Holy Ghost. Our lives are in balance. But when we allow the flesh to dictate, we are out of balance. It's like a will, just wobbling will. Because we're not what we're made to be. We're not what we're designed to be. Because we let the flesh dictate to our soul. And we're soulish people. And we, go, we want things. We want this. We want that. But we don't want God. But God is trying to woo the heart of everyone that they would begin to feel after the Spirit. And if once we've got the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost dictate. Let the Holy Ghost control. And if you've got the Holy Ghost, you know how God speaks to you. Listen to His voice. Be obedient to His voice. Because that way we're going to have the blessings of God. We're going to receive those things for, that God decides for us to have. We, we need to... Destroy this carnal nature that we have. Galatians 5.17 For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another, so that we cannot do the things that we would, because the flesh is dictating. The, dead, the, the flesh is trying to tell us uh, how to behave, what to do. Unfortunately, as I said, we, with this side of Calvary, we have the Holy Ghost. If we want it, we can have the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 2 and 1 tells us, And you have the quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sins. Because we've made a choice, I want Jesus Christ. He's actually filled us with the Holy Ghost. And uh, He's quickened us. We were dead in our trespasses and sin, but He's turned us around. He's changed us. He's made, made us something new. We need to allow the Spirit to govern us. In fact, when we first came to the Lord, we wanted Him to govern us. But some of you, you've been with the Lord for a while, and you don't, you, you, He's still trying to talk to you, but you, you block Him out. Because you, know, you just want to do this, and you want to do that. Uh, he, still, he loves you just the same. Uh, he wants you to respond to Him, just like you did when you first gave your heart to Him. Romans chapter 8, verses 13 and 14 in the Amplified Version says, For you, if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if the, through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I, I don't like the Amplified much, but I'm going to read it again. That was good, that one. It says some good things, the Amplified. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death, making extinct deadening the, de the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. 
For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And it's our choice. We need to make good choices. And we need to understand it's not just in this place, but when we leave these doors, when we go out tomorrow, the choices we make are important. It determines our destiny. And it may not just be who we marry, but the choices of where we go, the things we say are important choices. They have eternal consequences. And we need to be people that uh, we can be sensitive to God here, but God, help me to be sensitive tomorrow when the things, the pressures of life come, that I'll be sensitive to you and I'll make godly choices. Uh, the choices, the circumstances are not going to dictate my decisions, but my relationship with you is going to dictate my decisions. Freedom of choice is present in every individual. We still have freedom of choice today. And we need to understand it's a precious gift of God. And I'm going to make good choices. I'm going to make choices that build up my relationship with God. And, and uh, this, these choices, it's an, it's an ongoing battle. There's no one here that has reached that spirituality where uh, choices aren't important. I don't care how spiritual you are. Choices are important. And it doesn't matter how calm you are. Choices are important. And we need to make up our minds. We're going to make choices that lead us to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 tells us, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Joshua twenty four fourteen to 15. Now, therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's Joshua talking. He had a made-up mind. And I want to tell you it's very important that you have a made-up mind. Godly choices. Choose you this day who you will serve. Listen to this. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. And Elijah came unto the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. I think that's one of the saddest scriptures there is. Choose you this day. Make a choice. If God, if the Lord is God, choose him. If it's Baal, choose him. But make a choice. And the people were silent. I can't believe it. We need to make choices. And, and so when you are silent in making choices to choose God or not, you are making a choice. And in actual fact, when there's a, when there's a chance of you to make a good choice, and you just, you've made a choice. And that is a bad choice. Silence, you may think silence is golden. Silence is a choice. And God is wanting you to stand up for him. 
make choices that are going to give you eternity with him. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. Oh, I'll just wait and see. No middle ground in this thing. The, the choosing, choosing God, God's ways, leads to a, is on a pathway of blessing that leads to an abundant, everlasting life. Why wouldn't we choose it? Why wouldn't we make those choices? He's looking for communion. He's looking for intimacy. Why wouldn't we choose him and desire to get closer to him? I understand, I understand that we, the flesh gets in the way, but what we need to do is kill the flesh off. That's a daily thing. But we need to decide, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be what God wants us to be. Let's stand this evening. The, the fact of the matter is, we can choose to be saved. The church, there are certain things that are set in concrete. The, the church will be with Jesus Christ. He has a bride. There's no doubt about that. But your place in the bride, that's your choice. Uh, the, 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 the church is destined to be with God. But you're not destined to be with God unless you make godly choices. And the choices you make in this place tonight, the choices you make tomorrow, are likely to establish your eternity. We choose to be saved. We choose to live righteously. We choose to obey His Word. We choose to be blessed. We choose to go to heaven. The choices are ours. It's available to all. But that doesn't mean all will get to heaven. The choice is yours. In fact, in this room, every one of us should, I would have thought, we'd have a desire to get to heaven. But that doesn't mean everyone's going to be in heaven because the choices you make, even the choices you make tonight, determine your destiny. And uh, there's great freedom in choice. We're not threatened by choice. Great freedom in choice. But we need to make the choices that God is wooing us to make. And I really want to open the altars if God's talking to you. If you've been ignoring his voice, why don't you come and just talk to him tonight and say, God, I've been making some bad choices, but today, tonight, I want to make a good choice. I want to declare I'm sorry. I've made a mess. I've done the wrong thing, but I want to get back to where I, I ought to be with you. Or if you just, you're just not, you know this God's got more for you. Why don't come and just say, God, whatever you want, I want, I want you to have your way tonight. The altars are open. He wants to touch us. If you just come and reach out, he'll minister, he'll touch. His presence in, is in this place in such a beautiful way.